Hey, well, again, I just want to welcome you back today. If you have, I've never met you. My name is Jared. I serve here as the lead pastor, and I'm grateful that you're taking time out of your weekend, a holiday weekend, to, to be here. Um, but today, for the first time, I want to welcome our East Campus right now. Come on, everybody. Would you welcome? That's, it's just so awesome. They had their worship, they had a time of communion, and now they're joining with us through the message in East Campus launch team. We love you, Pastor DJ, Juliette, the staff. Like what an incredible time for us right now at One Life Church. It is so exciting. And I do have, I have one more um, special welcome I just wanna give. Um, there is a group of ladies and one man <laughs> who's joining with us in Alabama today. Um, they mean a, a huge deal to me, not just because my mom is there, but um, people that I grew up with, like everybody, you wanna like, these women helped raise me um, all those years ago. And so church, come on, would you welcome some people that are really near and dear to me all the way in Alabama today? We love you. Glad you're along for, for the ride. Now, I gotta be honest with you, um, there was, um, a plan for me to finish up our series today on the book of Daniel, Culture of Compromise. Um, but because it's a holiday weekend, I want as many people to hear that message as possible. Um, I'm gonna add that message to the next sermon series that we're beginning, which is asking for a friend, answering questions that people are asking. Because the last six chapters of the book of Daniel are all about end times, prophecy, dreams, tribulation. Like what, what is how, or how is all of this going to unfold in the next, in the next season? And, and I get asked those questions like consistently. So um, October the 9th, circle it, highlight it. We're just gonna add um, the last message of Daniel to our Asking for a Friend, Friend series. And I, the reason why I like to put this on the screen and tell you where we're going next is because some of you, you're waiting for a perfect series to invite a friend, friend, a family member to come with you. This is that series. We're, we're gonna talk about um, mental health, toxic relationships. In fact, I'm gonna kick off this series next week of how, what do you do with toxic relationships, toxic in-laws? I mean, to, what, what do you do with, <laughs> with, with all of that? Next week, we're gonna talk about, about those things. Um, parenting, raising kids in this crazy culture, and obviously we're gonna go back to the end times and how is all of this gonna play out? So um, that's where we're going for the next five weeks. I'd love for you to bring somebody, bring somebody with you. And then obviously next Sunday, now today for our East Campus, it's the soft launch. Like we're working through all the kinks, um, but next Sunday it is grand, grand opening. So I'm gonna ask you um, if you would this week, maybe just to take a, a meal, um, a, a day, sometime this week, and would you just fast and pray that God would stretch out his hand and he would perform signs and wonders and miracles over our brand, brand new location, which has the grand opening next, next Sunday. Um, just join us together. Uh, fasting, it disconnects us from the world and prayer connects us to God. And we've done the work, our team is ready, um, but now we're asking Holy Spirit, would you pour out your favor and blessing upon this new location that we could see just one more life come to faith, come to faith in Jesus. Amen. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. I feel like we have just an interesting time um, before we have the grand opening and we invite a bunch more guests um, to, our, to our locations. It's just to have a moment, just to again, remind us why we do. So what, what do we do? How do we do it? And, and why we do it? 
That's really important. Um, I believe that speed moves at the pace of unity. So if we're going to have, if we're going to move fast, we have to be unified. And the way we get unified is by having some clarity. And so today I want to, I want to do that. I want to remind us why we do what we do. Um, and, and I also just want to take a moment and just kind of like give God some praise, like a yay God thing for us. Because I, I don't know if you realize this or not, but over the last two years, like so since COVID, um, many, many churches across America are, are really struggling. In fact, um, a lot of data, a lot of research, and depends upon who you read, but they'll say that the average church in America today is running um, 50 to 60% of their pre-COVID numbers. So that was their attendance. Uh, and I'm not about to share some things with you. I, I don't want this to sound like I'm dunking on other churches. Please know my heart. There's lots of humility with this. I think you need to know where we are. Um, even look around. We just sent 100 people out of this room to our East Campus, and it doesn't even feel like we've, we've missed anybody. I mean, that's, that's kind of how what God's doing. Um, our numbers are better than they've ever been pre, pre-COVID. Um, and let me just tell you 2022 statistics, J- just what God is doing here right now. Um, we have seen, this is just really great news, so far in the first eight months of the year, 102 new people go through the growth track so far just this year, okay? Those are people serving on a team, joining our church. It's, it's remarkable. We've seen 267, now these are people that we know that they've actually like let us know that they're guests. 267 first-time guests, singles, families, whatever, show up on our campus. And here's what I'm most excited about, and this is what we gotta cheer for, is in the first eight months in our weekend services, we have seen 168 people make a decision to follow Jesus so far this year. Isn't that awesome? So good. And, and what's remarkable to me about that is if at our university campus, this has been a construction zone, a war zone. It feels like the apocalypse every time I come on this campus. And you're still inviting your friends. New people are still showing up. Just a moment, like what God is doing around here is, is, absolutely, is absolutely incredible. And so you picked a perfect weekend for me just to kind of push pause on a normal series and just to remind you why we do what we do. In fact, I would say that what I'm gonna share with you today, this is all throughout Old Testament and New Testament, God's plan for your life. And so what we've done as a church, not original with me, but we've structured our church in a way that actually will help you fulfill the mission that God has for your life. So this isn't just, yay, one life church. No, if if you get a vision and a mission for your heart and life personally, like God will take you places you've never dreamed of. And here's our mission. And you have a lot of notes to write in today, so just follow along. But here's, here's what we're about. You wanna know what we're about? Here it is. One life church is a movement to empower people to become followers of Jesus. And how how do we do that? By helping people know God, find friends, discover purpose, and make a difference. So I'm gonna go through all of those four points, take some notes, follow along. And here's the first one, that One Life Church is a movement for all people to know God, to know God. This is the most important thing that we do as a church, is to help people know God. Now, let me, let me explain this to you. This is the words of Jesus. 
Now this is eternal life. Can we all just agree? That's the most important thing that we should be about is helping people like, get to heaven. Okay, now this is eternal life. Jesus is saying this, that they, say it with me online in the room, East Campus, that they know you, know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Now this word know is so unique. It's the Greek word gnosko. Now for you Bible scholars, it, it's not this. It's not that you would know him here. That's, that's not what Jesus is saying. It's like that you would know him here, that you would have a real, personal, intimate relationship with, with Jesus. This is the most important thing that we do. So that's the what. Now here's the how. Write this in your notes. We, we do that by creating a church that exists for those who aren't here yet. For people who, let's say another way, who don't know God yet, don't have a real relationship. Let me say it one more way, and some of you probably will, this may like, whew. By creating a church that exists, or by creating a church that non-believers, that they love to attend. <laughs> now, some of you Bible scholars in the room are like, that, that, I, that strikes me funny. I, don't, I do not think that is what the purpose of the church is. And I'm gonna tell you otherwise, and I'm gonna show you. Here's the why, write it in your notes. Why? Because this is the biblical model. Creating a church for people who aren't going to church, who are unbelievers, this is the biblical model. I'm gonna show you three passages of scripture. We're gonna start with Jesus and I'm gonna prove, prove the point. This is the theology behind this mission. Here's the first one. Um, Jesus is saying this. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And now this is after the Jesus, when he's about to ascend into heaven. Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Now go back to your Bible, what does Luke say? Like Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. That was his mission on this earth. Now Jesus says, that's my mission. And guess what? I'm giving you that same mission. I am sending, I am sending you. Then Jesus goes one step further and says, I've done some good things, but when the Holy Spirit comes, you're gonna do even greater things. This is the mission of the church, to seek and to save those who are lost. Here's point number two. Um, this, now, I'm going to give you this verse, and I'm, I'm going to talk about one thing in theology, in church. It's a big debate. It's a massive debate right now. Um, and, and I'm not going to talk about the thing. So don't get hung up on what I'm about to talk about. Talk about the principle behind it. So let's talk about speaking in tongues for a moment, shall we? That, that seems to be like a normal thing for everybody to talk about on a Sunday morning. Now, when I say the word tongues, um, lots of different debate. And we have, this is a multi-generational, non-denominational style church. So a lot of you have come with different theological backgrounds, which I absolutely love. If you grew up in a Baptist home, when you hear the word tongues in the Bible, you were taught that that just meant, oh, they were speaking in, in other human languages. Amen. If you grew up in a Pentecostal home, a charismatic experience, you were taught, no, that's more of like a private prayer language. Again, we're not debating what Paul's talking about, but what's happening in the Corinthian church, people were just standing up and they were just speaking in tongues, like boom, boom, like popcorn, boom, 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 boom. And Paul's rebuking them in 1 Corinthians. So I don't care what, what tongue, whatever you believe theologically about it. Paul says, you can't do that. Here's why. If the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and 
unbelievers show up and they will show up and you structure your church the right way, will they not say to you, aren't you out of your ever loving mind? That's my version of that. Like, well, of course they would. Like they're gonna think you're crazy. Here's what Paul is saying. Stop catering to the preferences of the saved and start building your worship services to reach the lost. Oh, if you're gonna clap now, you're gonna have some fun today. Let's, let's go, One Life Church. Okay, that's the second one. Here, here's, here's the third. Now, before I put the screen up, the, what I'm about to share with you, this is the number one debate in the early church. It's like the early church, it's growing fast. Tons of people are coming to faith in Jesus. And then there's this massive debate. And the massive debate in Acts chapter 15 is whether um, Gentile converts men need to be circumcised to become a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Now, the first wave of people who gave their life to Christ, who believed that he was the Messiah, were Jewish people who believed that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecy, which he was. Well, they've already been circumcised. And because they believed in Old Testament law and Old Testament rules, circumcision to them was a sign of, I've given God my whole heart, I'm gonna follow him. So no big deal, the first wave. Well, then something strange happens. Tons and tons of Gentiles start coming to faith in Jesus. Lots of women, lots of children, not many dudes. Now, can you imagine having a conversation, a Gentile guy having a conversation with a Jewish man? Hey, what do I need to do to be saved? Oh, the first thing you need to do is you need to believe that Jesus died and rose again. Got it. I'm all about that. Second is you need to ask him for forgiveness and give your heart fully to him. And from this day forward, as best as you know how, like live your life for him. And, and, and I guess you see the, the Gentile guy saying, yeah, I'm all in. That's actually what I love about Jesus. He just didn't like forgive my sin, but now he gives me a blueprint for how I can live my life here and live my life to the full. Like I'm all in for that. Like anything else? And the guy's like, well, we need to take you around back. And there's a little procedure that needs to happen. Here's how I picture this first church. Their husband and all the kids and the wife are driving the minivan into the temple. And the wife and the kids, just like here at One Life Church, they all pile out, but the dude is like white knuckling. Like, uh, I'm gonna stay in the car and watch it on my iPad, right? I'm not, I'm not going inside of that. Lots of... Women, lots of kids, but guys were reluctant to fully commit to Jesus. Well, well, yeah. So in Acts chapter 15, they bring this council together. All the top theologians, all the top leaders of the early church. And here's what Peter, don't, don't miss this. Here's what Peter said about this really important issue. Acts chapter 15. Peter says, it's my judgment, therefore, that we, listen, should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Like we should remove every obstacle so more people can follow Jesus. Not create more rules and more regulations. And, and so, so One Life Church, this is the heartbeat. This is who we are. We wanna remove every single obstacle that will make it easy for people to know God, to know him personally, have a real relationship with him. Why? Because it is the biblical model. This is the biblical model to create your services to reach non-believers. They will show up. 
And then number two, it's because heaven and hell are real. Do you want to know why we focus so much on this around here? This is the most important thing that we do is because heaven and hell are real. This is not a game that we just play on Sunday mornings. People's eternity are hanging in the balance. Each and every time we gather together, there are non-believers, which, which is why we take this so seriously, which is why we've seen 168 people make a decision to follow Jesus this year. Amen. And, and I know when people say this, they're like, but Jared, like, is, this church is getting too big. Can I, can I get on a soapbox for a moment? You're gonna let me do that, church, just for one? This is a holiday weekend. You'll let me, you'll let me do this. Here's my soapbox. Inspires me up. I get so mad when people say this. This church will never be big enough as long as there is one lost person still in Mesa, Arizona. We will never stop reaching out. And then that's the next step, right? Everybody's like, Jared, like, you're going to make me go set up and tear down at an East campus? Yep. You're going to ask us to, to give financially to further the mission of this church? Yep. I mean, you're going to ask us to, to serve on a serve team and, like, do the single mom's oil change or reach over 100 single moms? Like, yep. But I want church to be comfortable. This is just way too uncomfortable for me now. Hey, listen, aren't you thankful that Jesus was willing to get uncomfortable and go to a cross so you can be in right relationship with the Father? Of course, of course, this, this is what, what we do. This is the most important thing that we do. We exist, we are a movement of people to help other people have a real relationship with God. Now, once we have that step, now we gotta continue the journey. And this is God's journey from the beginning. It's to know God, and here's number two, write it in your notes, I gotta hurry. Um, One Life Church is a movement for all people to find friends, to find friends. Now, that's, that's what we do. Here's how we do it. Here's the structure that we've built. And we're going to help people get into a life group. Life group. Why, Jared? Well, it's the biblical model. <laughs> this is why we do it. There's a beautiful, beautiful explanation of the early church in Acts chapter 2. They show up, they start preaching the gospel, and thousands of people start giving their life to Jesus. Which, by the way, if you hate the big church, you would hate the first church. Here's the story. This is a beautiful explanation. Acts chapter 2. But every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. That's worship. Then they broke bread in their homes, small groups, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Temple worship, like large group gathering, and then they would meet together in their homes. We say it this way. Like rows are good, circles are better. You need to be kneecap to kneecap, eyeball to eyeball, having real, God has created you to have real relationship, real community in a spiritual family. So we have the biblical model, but here's the second reason why, write this in your notes, that God uses faith in Christ to get you forgiveness. We just talked about that. But the family, that should be underlined too, sorry. But the family of Christ to get you freedom to get you freedom. Our enemy wants you to believe a lie. He's the father of lies. And he will lie to you by saying, oh no, no, no. You can work on your problems all by yourself. 
You, you really shouldn't even tell anybody what's really going on because after all, it's a church. They're probably gonna judge you. They're probably gonna shame you. You're gonna have all this guilt wrapped up if you tell anybody this. And let me, let me just clear the slate one more time. We are all broken people. And do you wanna know who the most jacked up person in the room is? Me. If you knew everything that was going on in my head, there is no way you want me to be a pastor. But here's the amazing thing. God uses the brokenness inside of all of us. He redeems it and he redeems it mostly through spiritual family, through relationships. This is why you need it. That one pastor said it this week. I thought this was so good. He said, um, what, what you need is a breakdown before you get a breakthrough. Here's, here's what he means by that. It isn't like if you're struggling in your marriage, what, what, what you need is not one more book, try harder, go to one more resolution. What you need is to find a mature man, a Christian man, a mature Christian woman. You sit down with him, you begin to break down what's happening in your marriage, you remove the mask and they see you for everything that you are and you see them for everything that they are and they begin to pray for you and hold you accountable and encourage you. After you break down, that's when you begin the breakthrough. If you're struggling with an addiction, the evil one's gonna lie to you and say, no, no, just try harder. The New Year's, it's only four months away. Just wait four months, give a brand new resolution and you'll be able to make it. One more self-help book, one more conference, one more conference, that's the trick. That will, that will do it. I'm telling you that that'll never work. It isn't until you remove the mask and you begin to break down with another Christian, a spiritual family, somebody that comes alongside and walks the journey with you, when you begin to get real with yourself, real with God, and real with one other person, that's when the breakthrough comes. Amen. Telling you, like, yes, get forgiveness for Christ, but the family of Christ is what gives us freedom. We find friends so we can ultimately find freedom. James, the half-brother of Jesus, says it this way. Uh, Therefore, confess your sins. We confess your sins to God. That's where you get forgiveness. But when you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, that's where you find healing. That's where you find healing. I'm telling you, one promotion, one more raise, one more conference, that is not the ticket. It's one more spiritual relationship that will help you find freedom. So here's the action. Here's my action. I'm gonna ask all of us at One Life Church to get in a group this new fall semester. We're probably gonna have 65 to 70 life groups that will meet between East Campus, this campus. And my prayer is that 100% of us would be in a life group where we could be known, cared for, held accountable and encouraged. So let me look at this room and say, get in a group, get in a group. Get in a group, get in a group, get in a group, get in a group. You need this. I don't want this from you. I, I want this for you. You need a spiritual family to walk the journey of life with. So we know God, we find friends, and here's number three. One Life Church is a movement for all people to discover your purpose. To discover your purpose. That you have a calling of God on your life and you will never be fulfilled in your life until you understand your calling and you pour yourself out in fulfillment of that calling. You, you were not created just to sit here and consume time, money, energy, resources, and food. God has a unique call on your life and he wants you to do something with it. 
Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, say it with me, to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. Before you were ever thought of by your mama and your daddy, God had a specific calling on your life. And here's how we do it. If that's the what, the how is, well, we've created a thing called the growth track. It's a two-step process that will help you discover your calling. We've made it so, so simple. My, my prayer is everybody that comes to One Life Church would go through the growth track. You would understand your calling. Here, here's why we do it. It's because, well, people need help discovering their purpose. They need help. What one recent survey said that less than um, what, 10%, so 90% of people that sit in a Christian church fully understand their calling. Well, no wonder we can't get things done. No wonder why we feel like, uh, like exhausted and enslaved and tired all the time. When you don't understand your calling and the purpose that God has for your life, you're never gonna reach your full potential. And not just that, you have spiritual gifts that need to be used in the body of Christ that need to be used. In fact, 1 Peter says that God has given each of you a gift from the great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And immediately when I give that verse, there is a great majority of people that automatically say, well, I'm out. Jared, if you knew all of my past, if you knew all of my mistakes, all the things that I wish I could get back, all the sin in my life, Jared, there's no way that God that God could use me. Listen to me, One Life Church. Listen to me online. Listen, lean in. God will take all of your talent, all of your calling, all of your spiritual gifts, and yes, he will take your pain and your mess-ups, and he will redeem them. In fact, I believe that the most fertile ground for God to do something great is actually in your pain. You are not too far gone. Yes, God knows everything about you, but he loves you anyway, and he has a great plan and purpose and calling on your life. We structure our church to help people discover their calling. And here's the fourth one, and this brings me to the last point, which means we're a movement to make a difference in this world. I mean like a big difference in this world. Not just to get by, not just to pat ourselves on the back and feel, feel good about it, no, no. Like we're called to make a eternal difference in the life of people. That's the what, then Jared, well then how? Well, this is how we structure it here at our church and we do that through serve teams. Where you give up a portion of your week, a portion of your month, whatever that looks like, and you serve the needs of other people for the glory of God and for the good of others. That's, this is what we're asking you to do. In fact, I'm just gonna be even more bold and say, hey, right now at One Life Church, like things are working really, really well. They are. But it would work so much better with you a part of the team. <laughs> it would. Finding your place of service, finding your place of ministry, not for yourself, but to serve the needs of other people. So I'm gonna ask you right now, go online. In fact, you don't have to listen to one more thing in this message. I would rather you do this anyway. Here's the action. Go on the app right now. It says serve team interest. There's 45 opportunities right now for you to serve, either here at our East Campus. You need that. I don't want this from you. You need this. Because you're never more like Jesus than when you give and when you serve. You need this. And then here's actually the why. 
is because we won't be able to minister to people without you. But who God's bringing now, for where we believe he's gonna take us into the future, we won't be able to minister to everyone with just me, the staff, and the volunteers we have now. No, it's gonna take all of us who call One Life Church, their church, to stack our hands together to make an incredible difference. We need you to do this. I'm asking you as your pastor, if this is your church, you're all in, know God, find a friend, discover your purpose, and then get on the team and make an eternal difference in the life, the life of somebody else. I, I close with this verse. And I believe this, that the only thing that can stop the church is the church. I don't know if you ever thought about that before. In fact, Jesus was talking to Peter when he was saying, hey, I'm gonna build my church upon you. And this is what Jesus says. Peter, I will build my church. I love that, that's his church, not our church. And the gates of hell will not conquer. I memorized this, the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Now I went to seminary, I read this verse a really long time and here's what I've always read. That the church is gonna be over here and we're gonna be doing our thing on Sunday mornings and Saturday nights and all the services we have. We're gonna be over here doing our thing. And yeah, hell is gonna come after us. It's gonna come after us, but we're gonna be strong. The, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against our church. And that is not what the Bible means. Here's what that means. Gates are a defense mechanism, meaning that the church will, this is Jesus' mind, will always be moving forward. We will be action, we are gonna go. We are moving forward and even when we get to hell, the gates of hell can't even stop it. It is not, they're coming after us. No, no, the church is going. The only thing that can stop the movement of the church is the church and we stop it through disobedience, through lack of faith, through discouragement, through gossip, through slander, through being lazy, I just wanna be comfortable. The only thing that can stop the church is the church. And so here's what I say, One Life Church, let's storm the gates of hell like never before. Let's rescue people from darkness and into light. That this can be our greatest and finest moment. Why? Because the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. So how about it, One Life? This is our moment. We're a movement of people. The church isn't a building you sit in, it's a movement of people that will help people know God, find friends, discover purpose, so together we can make a difference. All over this room, bow your head, close your eyes, turn off every distraction. The Holy Spirit speaking to us in this moment there's some of you today, our band's getting in place. We're gonna worship the Lord one more time. But there's some of you in the quietness of this moment and you would say, oh, Pastor Jared, I'm still hung up on that no God piece. I've been going around church a long time. I've been a part of like religious things and that's always where it's been. But today I wanna to begin a real relationship. I wanna know him and I want him to know me. And if that's you, you're in the room, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. That is not a voice of condemnation. That is a voice of conviction today. And he loves you. And he's calling you to himself. 
He wants a real relationship with you in this moment. So right where you are, all over this room, online or East Campus, if you would say, Jared, that's me. Today, I wanna begin a real relationship with Jesus. Pray this prayer, put it in your own words, mean it in your heart. But start your prayer off like this and say, today, God, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for keeping you at a distance. But today, God, as simply as I know how, I give my life completely to you. Tell them that, tell them that. Forgive me of all my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Today, I, my response, I give my life to you. And I hold nothing back. When the Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person who's praying that prayer. Some today are praying that prayer for the very first time. Others, it might be a prayer of recommitment, but Lord, you know right where they are. So we just say thank you. Thank you for saving people today. And I do, God, I, there's a moment, a prayer of dedication over our church as we enter this new season that we would focus on the main things, but ultimately, God, we would focus on rescuing people from darkness into light. That every man, woman, child in the East Valley could have an opportunity to have a real relationship with you. Use One Life Church like never before. Lord, you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in this moment, we worship you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey church, I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet as we end our time in worshiping the Lord together.
Hey, before we send you out, um, today, if you prayed that prayer with me just a few moments ago, and today you gave your life to Jesus, by church, can we just celebrate that today again that more people are saying yes to him? If, if you just prayed that prayer, take a moment and fill out the connection card that we've talked a lot about today. Um, just place it in the offering boxes as you leave. Our prayer team will be down front. Uh, you can give it to anybody. If you're guests, we have a new gift we'd love to give you today. It's at the New Here cart, um, New Here tent. We'd love to put that in your hand just to say thanks for being our special guest. But the most important thing is that if you prayed that prayer today, you trusted Jesus as your Savior, it's the most important decision you've ever made. And we'd love to help you take some next steps around here. And we already talked about it in the message, but today is step one of the growth track. After the service is over, during the 1030, we'd love to help you take that step right there in the lobby. Our staff, our ministry team will answer all the questions that you have. And church, before we send you out, we're gonna worship the Lord right now through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Aren't you excited to do that? We serve a give first God, so we're gonna be a give first people. So however you give, in the boxes in the back, online, through the app, thank you for your amazing and your continued generosity here at One Life Church. Um, in fact, um, our prayer team will be down front. If you need any prayer, for pray with you, pray for you. We'd love the chance to do that today. If you're a guest, my wife and I will be down front for a few moments. We'd love to shake your hand and welcome you today to One Life Church. And one more time, church, come on. Our East Mesa campus, woo, we love you guys. So great. What an incredible time to be a part of what God's doing around you. Let me pray. God, thank you for the amazing people of One Life Church. Thanks for what you're doing here, how you're doing it. Now I pray that we'll have the best Sunday and the best Labor Day that we've ever had. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, I love you. Keep coming back. We'll see you next weekend.